and welcome to What's Pastors Podcast. My name is Robert. I'm Damien. I'm Steve. And I'm James. And today we're joined by a special guest, a friend of ours, whose name is uh, Vibav Shivastov. I hope I've done that right. <laughs> Better known to us as LV. Uh, how are you? <laughs> yes, yes, he's doing it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> Very well. Thank you for having me. Uh, and we're going to be talking to LV about uh, some shows we've done with him in the past and shows that he's done uh, in India and a bunch of other things, I imagine. And if you like us talking to our guest friends uh, and you're watching on YouTube, why not like, comment and subscribe? And don't forget, if you listen to us on any other platform, make sure you hit that follow button. So uh, for context, um, we met LV in... 2017 i want to say in anvil uh member of anvil yeah and at the time you were living in north wales um you're from india and how do you how did you end up in north wales of all places it's a good question isn't it like i could have gone chose to gone anywhere in the world but I, i end up in the north wales and i end up meeting you people so well um from India, after finishing my uh, postgrad in international business, I moved to UK for an opportunity. So I was working for a coaching company. But, you know, since the beginning, since I start about you know, understanding things, I know that I'm a creative person. So I didn't know about, like, I have been a creative person all my life with a different subject. So everything I had done in my life, the courses or whatever, uh, even in my corporate culture. About then, um, I was the blue, you know, you know, on a weekend, uh, on a friend of mine where I was uh, staying at earlier in the inner Wales, Conway. So um, they suggested, why don't you just go and join some theater and it would be fun for you to you will make some friend of your age group rather than stuck with us uh, people. So, yeah, then I, and that's where I joined Anvil and I met you guys there. So that was the story or if I could tell, I took a flight and which landed me to Manchester and travelled to Conway. So. <laughs> yeah, of all the billions of people you could have met in the world, you ended up meeting us. So, uh, lucky you. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm stuck with you guys, aren't I? And you're stuck with me, yeah, so right. don't complain. So, uh, was that the first time you got into acting or did you have an interest before that? Uh, that's a very good question, Steve. Seriously, um... I, you know, when I started my MBA uh, in, in there, I they started to do some gigs, like a brand promotion and stuff. So I just did a skit, but I didn't realize mm-hmm. that that's, that's acting I wanted to do until I joined Anvil and I started doing stuff and stuff. Then I moved to, uh, when I moved back to Liverpool, and that's where the real passion kicks in. That's where I start to understand things about it, start doing things. And my first production, you know, with you guys, which we might come t- to talk about later, and that was my first, first ever acting job. I did it with you all. So, and that, that's where that, um, the bug of acting, you bite me a little bit. And then, okay, Ooh, I love that. You just mentioned now about doing a show with us. So uh, what, with, what was this show when we were with Anvil? Uh, it was uh, Robin Hood. We there did we it, are. The Pantomime. And it was wonderful, wonderful. And I played um, Alan Adele as, as I understudy with the lovely Jacob, who's not here today. So it was a wonderful opportunity to work with you all. And I really enjoyed it, the whole process of it, you know, the warm session, um, the, the, uh, all the learning process of acting, all the rolling on the floor in the Kalra rep and doing Hakka there. Oh, yes. And you'll see a picture oh, of that yes. on the screen now. Yes. <laughs> and it's just bringing me all those wonderful and weird memories, even the corner shop where I used to get the pas- pasties. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You one. mentioned that the other day. You mentioned that the other day. And James actually said himself that you must be the only Indian person in the whole world who enjoys the corner shop. That specific <laughs> corner shop. <laughs> I am a kind of person who enjoys a little things in life. So, um, yeah. and that corner shop can be, um, what do you say, a metaphor for me. When I was a little, as a child, I used to go in a corner shop in my, in my neighborhood. And then I moved to this adult world of studying and doing stuff and following the responsibility mm-hmm. and I stuck with it. Then yeah. I went back to, you know, when I was doing the course, I was free then. And I, that was a, that was a kind of metaphor for me connecting from there to there, are two dots. And then you're leading towards the journey you're destined to be. So that was a bit deep, wasn't it? Again, oh, probably never, boring. never that 
corner That's shop. That's fine. Or, that corner shop's probably never been um, described so poetically before. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, true. <laughs> Free publicity for them right now. <laughs> We are not. We are not giving the name of until we get the sponsor for this podcast by that corner shop. <laughs> you very much right. Yeah. Um, I don't go to that corner shop often. Um, Damon, you, you said that um, LV is the only person who said that he likes it. Uh, what's wrong with it? Oh no, no. What I mean is, um, no. Probably in probably. This is probably true. No other Indian person in the world's ever been there, but then specifically yeah. said that they missed that oh, show. Yeah, because I was the only one who was visiting there. There was nobody there <laughs> at that time, maybe. But I wasn't the only one who used to go there. James, Damien, Jacob—they all dragged me with them there. Yeah, and that's how I know. Say I'm not the one to blame. These three are to blame as well. <laughs> yeah, but considering that's the closest shop, and we'd have to walk like 10, 20 minutes. Yeah, true, true, true. Well, that was our excuse to just get out from there. But there's a rich tradition, I think, of actors sort of, you know, going to the local kind of dumpy shop or pub around the corner from the theatre that they spend all their time in. So I think Millbank Stores is our kind of, you know, it's not it's not like a pub in Stratford exactly. But our place. Yeah. Yes. Our place. Yes, I like that. I'd say the Millbank shop, though, we're brilliant place, uh, yes. very friendly staff. So yep. if you guys would like to sponsor us, we'd be very happy for it because you, we, we know we, we, you're lovely. <laughs> I can name the project I love there. You can imagine them. I mean, you can picture them. Mm, cheese onion pasty. Cheese onion pasty. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one. 25p chocolate. Can't go wrong. Um, oh, yeah. Well, it's 50p now, isn't it? 50. God. Oh, I like the fact that we've just you. gone from talking about LV to talking about the shop. <laughs> anyway, this is supposed to be a drama podcast. Um, yes. Yeah, so we did Robin Hood, and then you uh, very cruelly uh, abandoned us and went to Liverpool. <laughs> and, uh, I'm joking. Uh, you went to Liverpool. But before that, we went to Stratford, didn't we? We did go to Stratford. Before yeah. I abandoned you, we went to Stratford. <laughs> That was a journey and that was the best time ever I could ask for those two days. I think we spun there, mm. didn't we? Yeah. In fact, we went twice to Stratford, didn't we? Yeah, we went twice. So it all, everything is mixed up. But the very first trip I was talking about, the one, you know, we had lots mm. of memories when everyone got drunk. Shall we name the names now? Ah, yes. <laughs> yes, let's name them. Let's name and shame. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I, uh, you know what, other day I was just um, um, arranging my room and I found that um, the lovely, um, the album you guys made, gave it to me, which has lovely mm. LV at the top and then had all the pictures, you know, all the meme on all these pictures there. And there was a, oh, yeah. and there was one of those pictures as well, there, the, the one I'm talking about on the corridor, like this <laughs> on the face and the other person, you know, the, who, who I'm talking about. Shall we name uh, it? Was that the one? Was that the one where the one of the people had a major hangover and we mm-hmm. decided to take a picture of them yes, and pose next to him? That's the one. That's the yeah. one. Jacob got very drunk at the bar and threw up everywhere. <laughs> I thought we weren't naming shaming. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I've got. I've got to say actually that I, I was having this conversation fairly recently about you know could could you name like the best day of your life. And I was like, I can't think of one specifically, but the only one, the the one that springs to mind is the day we, the first day we went to Stratford and saw Julius Caesar and went to the workshops and Shakespeare's house and all those yeah, kinds yeah, of things. Yeah. That's, that weekend, I can't, I don't have any bad memories of it. It was just great. The whole weekend, I didn't have a single bad memories of that trip. It's as every, everything was like as the way it should be. And we were like looking at things and we were like there in the land of Shakespeare, you know, experiencing things uh, in that way. I even have a picture of you and me, James, in the, Sha- in the Shakespeare's school with dressing like them. And I still have that picture. <laughs> oh, I remember that yeah, picture. That picture. I remember that, that picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. You two looked so adorable together. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one in the dressing room wearing the hat and those ones. So just every time I'm just feeling like a little bit. Um, I mean, having a nostalgia about this place, I just go through that album and just look at those pictures. It cheered wow. me up. I just feel like yesterday. It doesn't feel like yeah. four years 
Oh dear, I'm all One of the pictures of you two there is one of the pictures of you two. We, we made it a meme for about a year, didn't we? Yeah, we know my which one. It was just. <laughs> it's the one uh, you looking over his shoulder uh, and you're both wearing the costumes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was like, hello, friends. Can I, can I be your friend? Wasn't it that one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, can yeah. I be your friend with James and me? I don't want to loved it. Loved it. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I wanted to talk about the second time we went to Stratford. Oh, no, not the that second one. time, not quite as I did it. <laughs> um, it wasn't wasn't quite. It, it wasn't. It wasn't the trip. It wasn't the fact that we were in Stratford. It was more like yeah, the trip. Yeah, it was just back, the one thing happened on the way back from the second time we went to Stratford um, that kind of spoiled the the whole weekend. <laughs> but it was it was the first time. So I hadn't hadn't long passed my driving test and it was my first kind of major trip driving <clears> somewhere and um five five was in this small little tiny tin box car and um yeah ba- basically we we uh nearly got run off the road by a uh lorry driver that was frustrated at me for being cautious at a roundabout and uh yeah it wasn't wasn't a pleasant pleasant experience um, which is it was unfortunate because it was apart from that I think it was quite a good weekend lorry driver out there if you if you were the one who tried to run a blue Hyundai mm. off the road hello <laughs> <laughs> yeah f- we you. all are grateful <laughs> of your mercy <laughs> <laughs> and what Jim said yes that too <laughs> yeah. what shows did we see that trip which I, I get the because I've been like three or four times now I get them muddled up Ooh. Um, yeah Honestly, I can't remember. Was it? No, it wasn't Titus, was it? Yes, I think it was. Or was actually, it, Titus was it Salome? Salome? Like, we saw Salome. Oh, we, we, we saw I know, mm. Titus Andronicus, and then we saw uh, the Princess Salome. And that was the play we were not expecting to see something we were not expecting <laughs> to see that close. Yes. <laughs> uh, to cut to basically cut it bluntly, the, uh, yeah, we saw a huge dong. <laughs> <laughs> And it was swinging in the wind. <clears throat> but it was a lovely experience, though, as in from an acting perspective, we talk about it. Um, so there was another side, there was a Titus and and then there was a Salome. So it was mm-hmm. lovely experience as an acting perspective, learning about things, wasn't it, guys? Yeah, Titus as well. We we saw that play the, the night it was being broadcast. So we, although, you know, usually we watch those plays live, it was, we were there as they were recording it live. And um, I think we had... Yeah, one of our friends was in the cinema back home watching the same exact performance as us at the same time. But um, so that was kind of cool seeing how that cool. how that all works in the actual venue. Um, and uh, great production of a very horrible, brutal, nasty show. Play. Um, that was actually, yeah. Uh, still, I can see the blood. Oh, I can see the picture. I can picture it right now. It's fresh. You see, I'm not one really for um, for very gory stuff, but also I know when it's fake, and it was very believable. The, the gore in Titus was very believable, even when you were watching it up close. Yeah, it was so shocking. Damien, do you remember? Sorry, no, go ahead. Pardon? No, I was just saying. Do you remember when we went to the very first time to De- Stratford? Right, we went to the mm. uh, backstage tour of uh, the RSC. And yes. in, in the makeup room, they showed us how they take the blood out of their mouth or the blood they use it, you know, with the, the combination yeah. of, and the syrup. And that was actually the thing that was doing it in the Titus Andronicus, but it felt so real when we were watching it. Yeah. Like we knew what was, we knew how they made yeah. it, but yeah, it looked so real when they were doing it. So that, that is the beauty of acting, isn't it? They made it believe what is not real. Yes. And that's what I loved about yeah. it. That's what I love about this craft. Like. You can make people believe what is not even real there. For a mm. moment, you forget that you're actually watching a play, but you're like, oh, the sh-. and the boys, you remember the boy's neck? Oh, oh yeah, that was, that was Julius Caesar, oh. that was. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. That was Julius, yeah, Julius Yeah, little Caesar, boy yeah, gets sorry, his neck yeah. broken on stage, and it's the, the they had this really horrible sound effect, and it oh. was timed absolutely perfectly, and yeah, yeah it made, it made it, all the audience gasp. In a way that you you that would never happen if you were watching a film, you know. I I watched people when that happened. I remember spe- specifically watching people, and they were like, "Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, that was. And it. I hope that sound. I hope me doing that sound does it justice. <laughs> like, does it does it justice to the people who were were revolted and by a, that a particular scene <laughs> in Titus Andronicus that's. Of all the horrible things that happen in that play, there's one particularly horrible thing that happens. I won't say what it is, but um, mm. needless to say, this the you know this this young woman sort of walks on stage, um, having oh, yes. done to her what what uh, happens to her, and uh, the, just the kind of pitying gasp as well from the audience just kind of stuck stuck with me. It was so. Yeah, so kind of impactful, and and also there's a scene where a guy falls into a falls backwards into a pit. So there's a a whole trap door oh. open in the stage, enormous trap door, and this guy's walking backwards on stage talking to someone, and he falls in, <laughs> and it's just that moment of like, was that supposed to happen? <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh yeah, but it was an incredible, incredible the way they did it. I mean. That's the level, you know. Yeah, and it was uh, David Troughton in the lead role. He was brilliant, and also the guy, the guy that plays the shop, the corner shop owner in Father Ted was in that as well, which I I just I I liked. Yeah. Oh, was he? <laughs> yeah. The name of the actor, I, I forget, but I'll put it on screen. But but you would know what um you would know that who's in it, wouldn't you? Because you watch too much Father, Father Ted. Ted. It's so good. Um. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Mrs. Brown's boys for the win. Come on, yeah. come on, man! If you, if you haven't seen Father Ted, <laughs> if you haven't seen Father Ted. Watch Father Ted; it's the best sitcom. James, we've already ta- mm. we've already talked about Father Ted on the previous <laughs> podcast. Let's I, carry I, on. Yeah, well, I just say I haven't seen Father Ted myself, but like I'm going to say that it's probably better than Mrs. Brown's boys. Sorry, I just don't find that funny. Like at all, yes. I know Damien's making a face at me right now, but um, I yeah, no, I just don't <laughs> find it funny. Um, uh, LV, what do you feel is more important for an actor? Is it talent or training? What do you feel is more important? For me, um, it's uh training. Okay, why do you say that? Because um, yeah, because um. What is an acting? It's an illusion you create on a stage by making the people believe what you're doing it, right? And acting is, for me, acting is a sum of total of lots of small tools you use it for techniques, tools and techniques and methods, right? Like Stanford, uh, the Meisner technique, the Stella Adler technique, you use it, you use uh, uh, many great people have done it the various ways. And it's a, it's a combination of everything. But you, your body, your voice, your uh, your thought process it's, it's it comes after training if you're not trained your voice is not trained and i have to uh, i'm doing the scene from julius season and addressing the crowd and all of a sudden i'm like very timid speaking guy and i'm like ah and i will lose the voice so i have to train my voice for that i have to be very, if, if i am doing something uh, very much acro uh, physical or something a very strong physical lead i have my body has to be flexible my body has to be strong I don't, I'm not asking you to build up the muscles or anything, but it has to be in a fit shape that it could stand on, on, on the stage for like three hours if it has to be. So you have to train your body, you have to train your uh, voice, you have to train uh, your different techniques. So training is very important for an actor. You never ever, even if you're not doing any job, you must keep training. And in, in our, like in, in Indian culture, um, even the singers, uh, they do a daily practice of it. That's called riyaj here, riyaz here. So we do a, train, a, a daily practice, like 30 minute to an hour session where you train your voice, you train your body, and also the training of your mind, you know, that controls everything, thoughts, you have to control it. Yeah. You, ha- you, ha- you have to have an order of doing it. So of course, people are talented. Yeah, some people are gifted, truly natural people. But yeah. the training plays a, a vital role for me. Yeah. And that is where, where I'm right now. It, only because I have been fortunate enough to train with a great uh, mentor over a period of time uh, back in the UK and here in India. So it really does help me. It really help, help me as a person, as an actor, to realize my true potential. And, and it's okay to be vulnerable for me if I am vulnerable. So that training tra- taught me about it. Hmm. Yeah. That's. Uh, I hope I answered. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good answer and a very interesting one as well. I have a question. Um, 
So, mm-hmm. um, whilst you were in the UK, you did some extra work on the long-running TV sitcom Hollyoaks. Uh, I just wanted to uh, know what that experience was like. Yeah, um, when when I was there, I was uh, fortunate enough to do a couple of um, shows as a supporting artist. I've done Hollyoaks, as you mentioned. I've done Coordination Street as well, the longest one, the 62 years, I guess, or 63, I don't know. And I... Wow have done uh, bulletproof uh, lots of lots of shows i can't remember the run name right now right but uh, as in supporting artists that helped me uh, to give me a um, perspective what's happened actually behind the camera so people say like okay you are an extra you do nothing there but when you're there you actually a cast real cast you just don't have a dialogue yeah but you're doing all most of more of the hard work actually you're on a set you are very allowed. You're doing all those things in a background. You're pretending to be somebody. They just give you, okay, you know this girl and you know these people and you're in a party or maybe you're dating. And you actually just met that person yeah. you're dating right now. So you have to be very impromptu. You have to make your story there to make them believe you're doing real. You're not faking it because camera catches everything all. And you can't do too much or you can't do too little. So, and also how they shoot different scenes and how they connect all them together. What is the shooting culture is like, how a director give a different directions to people, how do they take the light, how they the sound. And, you know, if you're having a very uh, timid conversation or very close conversation with like two people that close to each other. And so I can't be too loud. I have to be very, you know, very, 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 um, very soft spoken. So the boom will pick it up. Lots of technical, technical stuff. So I just didn't do that stuff. What I was doing when I was, while I was doing that, I was observing all that, what's happening around me, how these leads are doing these things. Mm. So it was a kind of a training for me and I was getting paid for it. And it was a good money, like for a day, not even a whole day work, it was like four or five hours a day and I was getting good money for it. It was like helping me for a week for my uh, extra cash for my pocket, which I really needed by the, back then. So I still do need it. I'll give me people some work. Um, but yeah, um, that really helped me at that point to um, to learn about these things. And uh, now when I train for in front of the camera, those experiences helps me and I can relate how can, okay, I can do that. I have done that before. And uh, I've been featured into tasks and then I did a commercial for Adidas World Cup. Oh, so that experience led me to there. Yeah. And in 2018. Uh, there was lots of celebrity. There was a mad day, seriously, seven days in Manchester in a cold oh, warehouse. <laughs> okay, uh, so many people there. There's a mad, mad experience where I met so many celebrities that I wouldn't name names. Otherwise, James would be like, okay, he's dropping the names again. No, go for it. Go for it. We want to we wanna know. <laughs> yeah, like, we want to know these information. Okay, I can't remember. I met David Beckham, I met Messi, I met Mohamed Salah, I met Paul Pagba, I met Stormzy. Um, wow. Uh, these are the only names I can recall at the moment for the leader shoot. And there was another shoot I've done it um, with the different things. Um, like I've done Bulletproof, I've done Safe, I have done uh, Hollyoaks, I already mentioned uh, Coronation Street. Oh, I can't recall now. It's been three years now. Oh, I'm old. <laughs> well, out of all of those um, experiences that you've had, um, which one do you say is the most memorable and like the like your favorite one? Well, they're all lovely people. I loved everything. I made actually good friends from there, from, from going there. I became such a regular there. They loved me. So I became a regular for after a while. I've done so much things. I, if you if you ever watched the Hollyoaks, I was sometimes a morning, sometimes a partying, sometimes I was just being somebody's date, and I was actually shared the uh, screen with the Nancy, actually the character, and uh, it was great, great, great things. But um, maybe I'll say Coronation Street. There was a scene there. I was uh, doing it on by the by the train station. Uh, I don't know the name of it. It was on ITV Studio Manchester in, in the Coronation Street set. And um, it was set there and I was standing just browsing my phone and I was wearing that green jumper and black trousers and green socks and stuff. All of a sudden the director came to me and I was said, oh, I love the way you are doing this stuff and this is great. Can you just do it more and just interact with the... the oh, I'm, I can't remember the name. Uh, 
there was two lead actresses who was coming out of the session. So can you interact with them a little bit? And I was like, okay. So literally you were on the, I was just, just chilling at, at the set while they were setting stuff, uh, you know, the camera and the lights and everything. And they're sitting in the background and all of a sudden they came in to do that. And I was like, okay, I love it. And because, and then I got some lovely, uh, feedback that you received the, um, yeah, you see the direction very well. So that was good for me because that helped me to build a boost of my confidence because I wasn't confident enough back then, uh, what, which I am right now. Uh, so those small things that it did. Yeah. Well, I think these experiences do help people uh, boost their confidence, you know, try new things and sort of stepping out of their comfort zone. Um, and you mentioned you um, had some feedback there. Um, so I think everyone has the positive and even negative feedback. Um, so I'm just wondering, um, yes. yeah, I've asked this question in a previous, uh, interview podcast uh, episode before. Um, but seeing that you mentioned feedback, um, just wondering how do you react when you receive negative feedback on a performance or, um, anything that, that you've been in mm-hmm. for me you know uh, the feedback is uh, more important than somebody's praising your performance because that's where i know okay i need to work on these couple of things and i always always i'm not saying that because we are going record or doing these things but as in general when i'm doing shows here in, in, in india or i'm doing any, any production uh, the feedbacks are the great thing to help you you know i always take them like with my arms wide open and 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 that's that's the beauty of it because you would know that okay these are the things i thought that i have done, I've done good but okay i could have done it better that person can see some flaws in it and i can relate with it so the best way for me to take a feedback so like being open-minded about it okay be adoptable and respect the other person whatever they're mm-hmm. saying it's at the end of the day it's your choice you know um if you if you like that feedback and you think okay it's going with your character what you were playing back then and you think it's marrying with it and uh, you're comfortable doing it, definitely uh, implement it for the next one and try. Acting is all about trying, not just theory. So you do it and try. If it works, it works. It doesn't work. The director is there. You must trust that person. If director is giving you feedback, definitely you're not doing something when, you know, well, you know, the answer for that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for, for me, they are really helpful. So I take them like with my arms wide open. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to take feedback. Um, but do you have any, um, uh, any techniques that you use to create a believable character? Um, there's a, over the period of time, um, I haven't done much uh, TV work back then when I was UK, right? Or any theater work back in then because I had a job and I was doing it over weekends. So I was training and I was taking, taking all those uh, acting classes in Liverpool and doing a little bit of whatever the work I can get. <clears throat> but when I came back to in India and back in 2018, well, and I, end of the 2018 and started 2019, I joined a theater group, theater leader here. So uh, where I did lots of shows, um, that of salesmen, can't pay, won't pay. And let's just, let's talk about, um, and lots of Hindi plays as well. But let's talk about that of salesman. It was a biff there. I played a biff lowman. It was a- Oh yes. Yeah, biff lowman. In Otto Miller, death of a salesman, uh, I played a biff lowman. So um, yeah. yeah, it's about like preparing a character. So I always, what I do is like, just go through the script and read everything is there. So whatever their first reaction, just I read it without the emotion, the very first one. I don't, this is flat read. And I, and then the very first reaction, whatever the, uh, you know, whatever for any character, whatever I'm feeling, okay, this person's feeling that, or this person is, okay, this is that. So I make those little notes somewhere because um, yeah. when you, when you read any story or any script very first time, um, it's fresh for you, right? So you get a fresh perspective, but then as an actor, as you all are, I'm sure you all do the same. Um, you read the script again and again and again. So when you do that, after a while, those things, those words sometimes start to lose the very first time feeling, you know, it's the same like when you're going on a date with first time with somebody, you have that spark in the very first time. And after a while, after a while, 
either it just fade up or build up is differently there. This love works in serious ways. Uh, anyways, so uh, it's the same with the script. So I see the script and uh, do that. Then I prepare a character sketch. Uh, who all the like. Uh, I made the SWOT analysis of the character, strength, weakness, opportunity, and threat of that character. So there's a whole uh, process doing the character preparation, how we prepare, and then I there's five W's are most for me, you know, the all the five W's yeah. of acting, and it's equal to one H. That helps me to define all those things. I ask why that person is the way he is, or where, why, what are the challenges, and where is all those like geographical things, all the social economical background, the relation with his father, his mother, his brother, and uh, his past experiences, and all those things. So those five W's and all those, you know, the the you read in your acting books. So this is just a general process I follow it. But one thing I really loved about uh, bringing uh my uh perspective what i do i add a little bit of lv into the myth to making it mine yeah to sort yeah. of make it to sort of make it uh stand out yeah you don't want to sort of copy yeah it's mine yeah. it's me you know i mean i'm inhabiting yeah, somebody yeah so mm -hmm. yeah so i just little bit lv in it it's like a salad so whatever i can get it from the script i put it there then i put a little spark of lv there okay while well, it's ready <laughs> and then the notes i will get from director okay gonna do that okay okay so let's do seasoning maybe so yeah the character is ready <laughs> <laughs> so uh you you did so death of a salesman is you know see uh an american play and it's one that coincidentally um we're reading tomorrow in script club um so, so yes, we are yes. doing a production of that in India. How what what was that like then? Was it set in India? Was it? Um... No, no, no. It wasn't adopted. It was uh, simply an uh, English play, but um, like in 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 Saturday in in, in uh, Brooklyn, New York, same set. Uh, with the production house I was working with, uh, they didn't have a massive budget, so we did it with the limited resources available, and uh, the only thing we kept it. Uh, was we didn't try to up the American accent because we all of us whoever in with the cast we have different accent because we all Indian you might you might not have not you might know that uh, as an Indian person we have different accent than the Britishers right the Spanish have a different one French have a different one American have a different yeah. one it's our native language anyway because of that so um, because I, I have noticed before when I was uh, I have seen the plays in India, people who would try to do the English plays, they try to uh, do the accent. And when we are there, when they are on the stage, it sees like it appears that way. They're trying to master or copy an accent, you know. And doing an accent is is a challenge anyway. It's it's an all different thing, and you need to hold that voice coach and everything, you know. So. We don't have uh, that resource available. So what we did it, we did it in our own accent. So everybody was different. Not a, most of them was sounding English and I was sound, uh, sorry, Indian English. And I was sounding a little bit of British English because I had the influence of a little bit of um, Liverpool and, and English culture in my language back then. And I could define it with the Biff because Biff was a traveler. I mean, he ran away from house. He was living somewhere else. I could made that little changes okay if my accent is different from my family because i lived out outside of the you know state for a while oh regional accents regional accents yeah it could be defined with that yeah, yeah. yeah. so um so that was the, that was the process and then we did it the same way uh with the with the we uh kept the uh the costume close to the area the a the uh you know the time timeline whatever 1950s all the striped suits yeah. and all those hair was the the flaky hairs and those baseball and we kept the as close as we can get with the limited amount of uh, uh the production budget and uh, and the resources availability in india because it's difficult to find the western furniture or uh, western costume in here especially the period ones you know I could, if I'm doing an Indian drama, I could easily find it, the click of it, or if I have lots of money, I can buy it with, but that was again, the case of that, but we didn't focus on those external parts. So we fo truly focused on acting bit. All we wanted to achieve by that, if we are putting a story there, a story for family, 
like any other, it's happening in English, happening in 1950s, and that is what it is. End of the day, we what we want, we want audience to move with us, and that's what happened. We did like seven or eight shows of that um, production over a period of time, and it was great, great success. Audience loved it. Every not just one character, they loved every character. They actually came and talked. The audience actually came. Unknown people, they came and talked to us about it. So yeah, it's it's a special one for me. Good. Would you say that? Um, would you say that kind of Western theatre, sort of British and American plays are sort of popular, popular in India and, and frequently performed? Um, yes, uh, Shakespeare is very famous. We do lots of Shakespeare play in India, uh, English, and even the adaptation of English Shakespeare as well. So, see, um, I even in the modern India believes in that that English is just a mere language, right? <coughs> Any language is mere medium of expressing what you are, and most of the people speak English as a second language here. An audience who loves theatre, uh, they love to see the variety of things. So, if you're performing for audience who is majorly Hindi speaking, the regional language of India or the Delhi where I am right now, so they do a play in Hindi and they adopt uh, the let's say Hamlet. They adopt Hamlet in an Indian story, or they adopt Macbeth in Indian. If there is adaptation of that play, or they are just doing Hamlet but in Hindi. So there are lots of writers who translated the play in Hindi, but I like other day we were talking about. You know, I don't like any 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 literature. Uh, to translate in a different language because it loses beauty out of it. So, yeah. So I don't. I personally don't like any any Shakespearean plays happening in Hindi unless they are the adaptation of it. I suppose it kind of loses its iambic pentameter once it's translated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's just not it's not for me. I mean, sorry people out there, but it's just not for me. But sorry, not sorry. Okay. Yeah. I think I've watched a Tom Scott video yeah. before where it explains about panta- pa- iambic pentameter and that it doesn't work well when it's translated. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting video from what I remember of it anyway. Yeah, we'll probably link that video. Yeah, I, I was pro- just probably. about to say something but, about um, that, like that, James. But, um, <laughs> from what I remember, it does explain what you're trying to tell us, Avi. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? About- yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that is that is what it is but we have like lots of uh, um audience here who love different plays we we are fascinated about the western culture anyway you know the uh mm-hmm. the colonization that that's the colonization for you i uh, say so <laughs> we do lots of uh, uh modern uh, english plays like the waiting for godo is one of the famous one people love to do it all the time with different different experiment with it really uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, chekhov is very famous we love chekhov we love do chekhov we say shakespeare is famous we love Otto miller will do uh lots of dario for can't pay won't pay and even start recently uh i have seen a production somebody was doing for james cooney's uh, run for your wife there was a oh yes. yeah that's one people, people we do lots of shows it's just like in a Western world, people, uh, Western world, we're not like, may not be that big as a, like, like the grandeur of the Royal Shakespeare Company or the Globe or the National Theatre. But if you come to the craft bit, the acting bit, it's, it's awesome. People have all lots of things. And I love the Indian theatre, especially the regional ones. It has a whole different mm. set of beauty. It's just blown my mind away when I gone into that. Yeah. Mm. That that brings me on to my question. Saying that with um, Indian theatre, mm-hmm. is there a big difference between Indian theatre and British theatre? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, interesting question, Steve. You know, um, it's not that the British theatre is like most mostly um, whatever I have seen it. Most of the shows were like Shakespearean plays. Mm-hmm. Or uh, the modern uh, playwrights, uh, right? Yeah. And 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 they yeah. they are great. The similar way, and all of them, most of the languages are in English. It's happening English and regional accent, right? And yeah. and, and same way in, in Indian theatre, <coughs> uh, we do the stories. If we are picking the Shakespearean stories, they're happening in English or they are happening in the regional language. If they are not the adaptation yeah. of it, and. Uh, 
but there are lots of great Indian playwrights, awesome Indian playwrights. So there are lots of Indian um, uh, playwrights who are amazing with it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and the stories are amazing. If you talk about um, traditional Indian theater, and traditional yeah. Indian theater, which is somehow lost with the civilization over a period of time. But you always, you will find them when you go in the narrow lanes of the street of some villages or especially the temples or especially South India. If you travel to South India, Tamil Nadu, um, you will see Tamil Nadu is a land which has lots of ancient temples dating back to 600 BC. So even even older than that, I would not have been a detail of that. So, um, but on those temples, you will see the carving of the plays. You will see, uh, I think it is the right time I will mention this. Um, so there's a book um, uh, written by a sage Bharat Muni called Bharat Natyam. So which is, which is, which has tools and techniques as, as uh, uh, Rob was earlier asking me about tools and techniques of acting there. So in Bharat Natyam, uh, there's lots of technique. What are, what kind of plays uh, there? Uh, there's like ten types of plays. Uh, what are the ten? Uh, what are the aesthetics or essence of the acting? Like emotional aesthetic essence, right? Uh, so there's like so in Bharat Muni, the sage Bharat has mentioned like this nine, basically nine essential uh, uh, aesthetic essence. So uh, uh, if I if I say in English, uh, there would be um, one is love which is Shringar, uh, then there's laughter, then there's a sorrow, then there's a anger, then there's a courage, then there's a terror, and the bhayam, and then vibhatsa, disgust, and there's adbhudam, which is adbhudam, suspense or surprise. So, and the last one is the peace or tranquility. So these nine ancients, these are the basic nine one and there's none of them. You just think about any emotion, right? Any aesthetic essence of it. Any, they, these are the nine ones. And everything is based around these emotions. And there's a okay. dance form called Bharatnatyam. So in the Bharatnatyam, they actually uh, mention about these, uh, uh, these, uh, uh, the aesthetic of it. And, and the dancer, the lady who do, does that, she express everything on the, her face and you can see it when she is doing like Shringar, the, uh, which is uh, uh, the love one, right? So you can see love can be different. Love can be between two lovers. It can be between mother and um, a son or daughter. It could happen for devotion. So it's a love, different form, but you can see in a face and there's like courage The when you, when you have like facing some enemy or oh, just a feeling of feeling proud. So it's in Bharat Natyam, there's lots of things, lots of details about the plays and, and the techniques and storyline and so much of that. So it's, it's awesome. But if I start talking about that, we need like five or six hours for that, but I'm not going to go in that detail. <laughs> um, so what basically... Uh, do you, you want to do an all night? Yeah, no, uh, I am not going to bore you with the detail. You can read it. I'll send you this stuff. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's the beauty, but it's bring the culture out of it. There's different cultural differences, right? In India, yeah. we speak so many languages, right? So um, if you're doing Marathi plays, there's a Marathi culture there. If you're doing Tamil plays, there's a Tamil culture there. If you're doing Hindi plays, there's a Hindi plays there. So if you're doing like modern play with Hindi, English mix of different languages, like the modern youth of in- India. So it's just awesome, amazing. So as an artist, I, I just get fascinated about seeing all those things happening and the people doing different stories and differently. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I remember you. Um, Very interesting. Uh, t- telling us uh, recently um, about um, kind of the, the difference in in narrative between sort of standard Western drama and and traditional uh, Indian uh, drama. I wondered if you could kind of briefly. Uh, sort of summarize that again for us. Oh yeah, that one. Because recently I did a workshop with a very well-known Indian uh, drama school, and in where I just learned about that. Just just was sharing with you what I learned in that time. Um, so it was just it was fascinating. I was fascinated about that. Uh, so what our mentor told me about that is um, like the Western theater 
or Western uh, playwrights because they believe yeah. they believe in in in, in the uh, mythology of they believe there's a belief system, right? Somebody take a bone, is somebody born, and then they, they live their life, then they die, right? So it's a linear line, one dot, two dot, three dot. But in in ancient Hindi Hindu culture, uh, we have a belief: somebody take birth, then they live their life, then they die, and based on their life, they take rebirth. So it's happening not in circle; it's happening in a spiral way. You born, okay. you live your life, you die, and then you take a rebirth, and then you same process, but it's not ending. It's again based on your karmas, and then you're doing that a spiral. So that reflects in the storyline of it. So if you go in a Sanskrit place, uh, which are the ancient form of uh, Hindi or Indian, yeah. Indian culture, uh, in the Sanskrit place, you will see that uh, there's a storyline not happening linear way. It's happening in spiral because so many, um, so many characters, so many places are changing like this. In, in, if you see any, just just name any Western drama. Just just think about it in your head, right? There will be a place you will be there the story will be happening from some point there will be a and a starting point then will happening there and then will be ending somewhere there will be no um people not coming from uh you know different planets and they're not visiting then they're going and then all of a sudden there's something magical appears and there's like supernatural powers there so it's just kind of, it's, it's a spiral in that way so that was the difference, like the very first difference, there's so many different aspects, but that's that's the one I was talking about the other day, James. The like linear and the spiral way of it, yeah. I think I explained it. I don't know. I just made it myself. Right? Didn't I know? I don't know. <laughs> I confused you all. I can see it in your face. You look okay. What he's talking about? Just shut up. <laughs> well, so I, I was just thinking actually. Um, well, it's, I mean, it's interesting to, you know, talking to people from, from different cultures. And I, I know this from, you know, from studying music as well, meeting people from, from different, uh, different countries and different, you know, backgrounds and uh, different musical backgrounds. So it's, it's interesting to have those things that you just completely take for granted, sort of challenged and, uh, and people say, well, actually we don't, we don't necessarily do that thing that you just accept as being, that's the way things are, you know, but but actually, you know, it made me think that actually we don't really know that much about, I, I mean, uh, us lot, we don't really know much about um, sort of British theatre from like before, like pre-Shakespeare. You know, we don't, we don't really, there, there's a kind of, a lot of stuff there that isn't really performed very often here. And it'd be interesting to know more about uh, what what theatre was like before, you know, before Shakespeare's kind of time. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is interesting because uh, when I was there, I just recently learned about that as well, because it says in, in here that uh, the Shakespeare, sorry, the theatre is born from Greek, the Greeks, because there's Thespius there, right? And it was based on the very first actor, Thespius. Mm -hmm. Based on his name, the theatre comes along. But in India, theatre was way, way before that. It was happening way before that. The things we people call is mythology, which are our, our history, like Ramayana, the time of Ramayana or Krishna or Mahabharata. It was happening way before that. It was happening way, way before um, the, the, the Christ born. So, um, but I, I mean, I, I'm not a historian to tell about things, but this is my analogy about it anyway, that India being already the oldest civilization in the world, right? And then years back, hundred hundreds of years back, then the uh, the different people visit and they visited India, like the Mughal games, and then the Sikandar visited. Uh, sorry, what Sikandar? Alexander visited. That's the, his Hindi name. Alexander visited. Then the British Portuguese games, and then the Spanish games, then in the Britishers games, right? So the things start to fade up, and the last civilization was here before the uh, before anybody was the British civilization. So whatever the people, I mean, the, who are right now in this country, we only have like less than 75 years of uh, the, uh, before the, you know, the British departed from India. So, so the culture reference, you know, people get, people um, get influenced by the other people, right? So the last influence we have is from the British culture. 
most of it. So that is, and the culture you, you guys had it, have it, or still have it, the same Western culture. So people follow that. And whatever the ancient time was, it was gone. It was lost somewhere, either looted or destroyed or burned by different uh, emperors way before that. So it's just that. So it's somehow it's lost, but somehow it is still alive somewhere in, in, in the temples and in the shrines. And then in the oldest books, uh, which are, are the sages. So yeah, there's a history, there's a whole lot of history about it. It's a rich history, which fascinates me as an actor to study about things and create something out of it. And I love that part of my job. I haven't done much of it, but I would love to do so many things. And I'm like, okay, I got the smallest life to do it, but I got lots of, lots of things to do and learn about it. As you were mentioning earlier that uh, you don't know, uh, as, as you mentioned, like you don't know much about the, you know, the uh, the richness of the, the British culture, as same way I don't know much about it. So it's fascinating us as a budding actor that, okay, we love to do more, uh, more things about it and, and more plays, more stories, bring out a more story out of it and different ways of doing it if we have opportunity to do it in future. Yeah, and I, I think... Well, again, it's like you know the one one of the interesting things about music is that it's people say that you know music is a universal language, which isn't isn't strictly true, but it is true that music does exist in some form in every known culture in the world, whether you know a currently existing culture or a historical culture. Yeah, um, and uh, I actually it'd be interesting to know whether drama also kind of is is sort of universal a universal part of human culture or certainly uh, i'd imagine storytelling is you know and and so the idea that you know uh, something like theater was just invented by some guy in greece at some point a couple of thousand yeah. years ago is kind of i, I think we just don't it. have the 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 you know somewhere the books or something which can tell us we only know the knowledge in the database the knowledge that's the only thing we had right now, don't we? If we had that database of knowledge somewhere to acquire it, okay, we can dig it, but it's not available. Yeah. It's destroyed or it's just not there. Yeah. Isn't cave paintings, isn't cave paintings the earliest form yeah. of recorded yeah. storytelling? Yeah. Cake making? Cave paintings. Oh, oh cave paintings. Yeah. Sorry, I misheard that. Is that the uh, headphones on? Yeah, true. So it's yeah, it's fascinating that you know even it, it, as far back as as humanity goes, the, the humans created art. You know, there was something, so, some kind of drive within humans to create yeah. to create things, um, to create things that aren't just strictly necessary for survival. You know, there's a story I I, I there's a story I I learned about which is like the people when when we were in Stone Age, right? So people used to hunt and they go for hunting. So after hunting, after hunting, the pe those people come back to their small uh, clubs where they used to live. And, and the women and children, they used to wait for those men to go there and come back and cook. And then they gather around the fire and then they cook it, the meal, right? Whatever they hunt. So, and then they were used to tell their yeah. family or oh, their kids and, and the wives or uh, what how was their day and how did they hunt hunted it hunted that animal and they used to do with the, with the body language so one 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 group of person will become that wild animals and the one group of person will become those hunters and then they used to show them and i think and then they i think that was maybe the stone age time that's where the the theatricality of a story came into into existence and then later on it's developed and i think that is what which we found on the on the caves uh, which damien was mentioning earlier so that makes sense to me yeah and it, yeah. it's in and the idea that you know storytelling even in a non-dramatic sense but telling stories is is something that we do all the time and, and, and always have done. And yeah. it's kind of interesting to think about why we do that um, without <laughs> straying too far into anthropology. We've, we've, cut, we've, we've, we've wandered a long way from um, the Hollywood yes. corner shop. Um, <laughs> you have to cut this podcast a lot too, maybe, because I blubbered a lot. Just, just a little one. bit. 
So, um, my last question, um, which I think thought it would be good to um, end it on. Um, if if you weren't into acting, if you weren't doing acting, um, what other career would you be doing, do you think? Career? I don't know. I found this acting... Um, Ravi, you're just putting me in a spot here, aren't you? Um, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I think I can. I think I'm, I think I'm going to guess which one. It, uh, what you're going to say? What's the final answer going to be? So I'm going to write it down yeah, on my that phone. Would, and that would be Steve. great. That would be great. Okay. <laughs> oh. I found I found this acting very late in in my life. Right? Uh, people. Yeah. Some people started doing their teenage, and I've seen those kids amazing from their right, schools, yeah. their yeah. college, and everything. But I started doing after finishing my college, finishing my degree, and when I was working. And that's when Same I here. found it. Yeah, and that's it's not about founding. It's just that's when I realized, okay, I'm good at that something, and I was always finding the answer of that. What is that is, and when while I doing it, started doing it, and then I okay, this is that that, and I can't live without it. So if I won't be doing acting, I, I perhaps I would be very good with the coaching counseling. So I would love uh, to work uh-huh. as the mental health mental health counselor, and because I been doing a lot with my friends not just with them but when i was working back in the uk with the company i wasn't training anyway so that experience meeting with this one uh would do the maybe pay the bills but that would be just living not lifestyle i would love to create a lifestyle Mm -hmm. and i would love to be somebody say i just love everything about acting so what was your answer what was your answer damien I I wrote down on my phone modeling. That's what I was saying. I, I could confirm. That's, that's I could. Oh, <laughs> see, I changed in three years, you know. <laughs> but I, I, got, I mean, I know. Uh, I don't know. I don't see doing modeling. I just get bit. I do modeling a little bit. Of yeah, of course, that helps me to pay my bills. Yeah. I use put this skinny look on and use sometimes <laughs> but i won't see myself doing modeling for all my life no i don't think so fair enough yeah fair enough so in a, a an attempt to um change up this outro a little bit um i've been requested um by james to um say uh, the following. It seems that old father time has ticked away the weary hours to the end of another podcast. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, thank you, LV, for coming on um, as a guest on this podcast. It's uh, You shared some very interesting um, information there. Um, thank yeah. you very much. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Um, and if you, the viewers, um, also found that interesting and um, liked the uh, the new outro, um, then as always, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and comment down below. And if you are listening on any other platform, then please hit that follow button. Along with that new and I say uh, great outro, Robert. I just got to relay an old message. I just got to relay that this podcast is now available on most streaming platforms. Why not check us out on Amazon Music Podcasts? If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to check out the links in the description for our other channels and websites. And on that note, it's goodbye from our special guest. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Seriously, it was like the most fun I had in a week. Let's just say that. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, LV. And it's goodbye from me. It's a I'm waving my hand from me. I'm waving my (laughs) hand too. Goodbye, Damien. Goodbye, Rob. Uh, Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. And to play us out, here's some bits of incidental music from that first production we did with LV, which was uh, Robin Hood. And um, it's a uh, waving my hand goodbye from me. Uh, see ya. <laughs> Bye. Wavy, wavy.